You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the show. Getting hour number two underway. Uh, Georgie will be back on Wednesday. I'm Matt Rose. Patty Dumas sits opposite me. The boys in the other room are working diligently to get the podcast ready for you. Hour one will be up in mere moments wherever you get your pods. Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. It'll be up shortly. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to talk to our uh, first guest of the day. Shai Davidi joins us down the guest hotline from Toronto. Hi, Shai. How's it going? All right. What's Jacob? Oh, you know, just hanging out and basking in the glory that was the weekend for the Toronto Blue Jays. An interesting weekend. You know, the results were all right. They get one of the three. But the big story was obviously Saturday and Jose Bautista going into the level of excellence. So I, I guess we can start there. Um, I guess, what did you make of the entire ceremony and everything that went into celebrating Jose Bautista? Well, I thought it was a tremendously well done ceremony. And sometimes those things can feel like they're dragging or, yeah, there's, it, it's easy to pick them apart. But that one, I, I felt really touched on all the right points and uh, really told a nice, full, complete story of Jose's time here and included former teammates. And you could just feel the energy and the love, the appreciation, obviously, for him, but also for those 2015 and 16 playoff teams, too, and the way that it captured people's hearts and really rekindled so much passion for the club. So uh, I thought that element was great. And then, to me, the, the maybe the most striking image was just seeing – uh, Jose Batista with some tears, right? You think about the the, the rough exterior, the, the the fearsome glare, the intensity, the fieriness, uh, and then to see that armor peeled back and just the the emotions of the man in the moment. Uh, to me, that was uh, that was really quite something. So uh, a nice ceremony, an emotional trip down memory lane, and a nostalgic one for Blue Jays fans, uh, and a a player who had tremendous impact on the franchise, rightfully honored. This is a guy who took up headlines. He was always in the spotlight, but in the same sense, something that you talked about is the fact that this really almost felt like a celebration of those teams back in 15 and 16 with all the former teammates there. Did, did it kind of have that much of a vibe to it that, you know, this wasn't just about Jose? A little bit, right? It's just he's so intertwined with those mm-hmm. teams, and those teams are such a part of his legacy. And look, there's obviously a case to put him up there, even if those, even if the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs in those two years, right? But the fact that yes, there were others around him, but he was the driving force behind uh, the, those teams and, and the buildup of them. The fact that he was the one who delivered uh, the signature moments in the club's first postseason back uh, from uh, or since 1993, there in 2015, uh, and, and really just how he was the heartbeat of those clubs, and that that's a huge part of it. And so you could see that obviously he got a massive ovation, but huge ovation for John Gibbons, huge ovation for Edwin Encarnacion and Justin Smoke and Devin Travis and Ryan Goins, guys who played big, big roles on those two teams. That, to me, was, was pretty telling as well. So uh, they're, they're, the, the legacy of those clubs and Jose Batista will always be intertwined. 
but there's certainly more to Jose's time than just those two clubs. But I think that the fact that those two coalesced will give Jose Batista a place in team history in a way that might not have been the case had there not been those playoff clubs. Uh, Shy, uh, with the, that 2015 team, it's been nine years, obviously nine seasons since uh, that, 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 obviously that bat flip year. Do you, does it feel like that 2015 team, obviously it was the offseason ahead of that, they made the trade for Josh Donaldson. Was Maybe that was the year that, like, hey, these nine years, this is where the Blue Jays thought, we cannot be third place in the AL East anymore. We can no longer play second fiddle to the Yankees and the Red Sox. Was it? Did it feel like that year... And now was the year that the now that the Blue Jays can say, okay, we're contenders. We can be in that top echelon. Was that the year, the the, the kicking off point? You think to that? You know, it, it's actually a little bit different than that because be, they they tried in 2013, and then it's yeah, I, yeah, I guess yeah, the Dicky deal, yeah, and then they tried the next year too, and it just it didn't take, and it was really the 2014 season that, and Alex Anthopoulos has talked about it, but that was the year he really just looked at what was the difference between that Blue Jays team that finished second to the Orioles in the American League East. And I was like, what, what are we missing here? And it really felt to him and to others at that point that there was just a chemistry dynamic, a, 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 a determination dynamic, that the Orioles had that the Blue Jays didn't. And so as much as he, he tried to address talent, and look, Josh Donaldson ended up being American League yep. MVP, was one of the best players in the game. You don't go into that offseason thinking, okay, we're probably going to get him. It was a bit opportunistic there. But that was behind the signing of Russell Martin, mm-hmm. uh, behind some of the changes on the roster. And so 2015 was more an identification of the type of player that they wanted to target and the type of culture in the clubhouse that they were hoping to create something that they felt was lacking in, in 14. And so I think that was, that was the biggest transition point uh, because they, they were trying though, those previous years, it just, it just didn't work out for, for a number of reasons. And uh, with Jose uh, going into the level of excellence, that's the 11th name to go up uh, into the Rogers Center. Uh, who do you think would be the the next name we see up on there joining the joining the greats? Is it, is it Edwin? Is it is it Tom Hankey? Is it is it even a broadcast like Jerry Howarth? Like who who do you think could be the next one we see up there? Yeah, it's that's a really interesting question, and I, you know I, I think on impact uh, for me, I could I, I could make a case for Edwin to be up there. I can see you debating Edwin stay and saying, well, yeah. did he really have that much longevity in a Blue Jays uniform? Like, it's really, you know, four years of, mm-hmm. of significant impact with the club. Is that enough? Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, like for, for me, yeah. I mean, he's, again, he, he's got one of the signature moments of the Blue Jays in postseason with his walk-off homer against, against the Orioles. And his emergence, like that of Jose, is what sets up those 15 mm-hmm. and 16 teams. So I could, you know, for, for me, he's he's there, but I, I don't know. I can at least see the case against it. And then beyond that, there's nothing that's completely obvious. You know, I know some yeah. people would like to see Buck Martinez up there mm-hmm. when, when he stops calling Blue Jays games. And I think because of the collective impact that he's had on the organization, uh, that would that would be terrific, too. Uh, but 
I, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to rush Buck out of the broadcast. Of course, no. So, you know, <laughs> that, that, that may be, you know, there, there could be some time before that one happens. But then after that, there's a bit of a gap. Mm-hmm. Like if you were going to do Tom Hankey, if you're going to do Jimmy Key, if you're going to do Pat Henkin, you probably would have done them already. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, you know, it's really, you know, our, our Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette around the Blue Jays long enough to end up there. Mm-hmm. It, it really feels like those might be the next the next stage of guys, you know, should, should they get there. But there, as it stands right now, it feels like there could be a gap between the next uh, such ceremony. Shai Davidi joining us here on the big show here on your Monday morning. Uh, the Blue Jays take one of three against the Chicago Cubs. Dalton Varsho had himself a great game yesterday, helping to that victory. This is the time of year where we were kind of talking about it off the top. You've played well over 100 games. The injuries are kind of starting to pile up. And not the big ones, more the nagging ones. Like we see Matt Chapman miss a game with finger inflammation. You need guys like Dalton Varsho to come in and win you a game every once in a while. And that's exactly what we saw yesterday. Yeah, well, I mean, they need Dalton Varsho to help them win the games more than just once in a while. Mm-hmm. And he's a talented enough guy that he that he can do it, right? Like, I was talking to some some guys who who knew him from Arizona, and they were like, you know, this is a guy who hit 15 home runs in a couple of months. Like he can get that level of hot, and the Blue Jays would love for him to get there, obviously, and it would be very significant for them because they've they've certainly they were certainly counting on some some better punch from him than than what they've gotten so far, but. You're right. They do need more contributions, especially with Bobachet still on the mend, and you know, that timeline is is moving faster than I think people probably anticipated when he first went down. And it may not be quite as long as uh, as people might have feared initially. But still, it, it can't just all be on Bo, and it can't just all be on Vladdy, uh, who's you know, continues to show signs here and there, like that. Yeah, he's making progress, but then you see him chase the pitch, and you're like. That's not what he should be doing. And then there's Springer, who's, again, slowly waking up as well after, after a pretty deep cold spell. Uh, but the Blue Jays just need more, right? And getting Danny Jansen back yesterday helps because he's been such a good offensive player for them. Uh, and they certainly missed him as, uh, you know, he keeps on getting hit by pitches. Uh, just a remarkable stretch. So, yeah, I mean, it's 100% they need, they need more from a lot of guys. But they're there are a lot of guys in that lineup that still are underperforming to their career norms. You think that over time that catches up and normalizes as well. It's baseball, such a funny sport in that way where when you're hot, everything looks like it's the size of a beach ball. And when you're cold, it looks like you're trying to hit a marble out there. Is there anything that you look for as far as a player turning the corner, maybe going from that cold to that hot because you know you've you've been around it a while and you've seen these guys be able to go through the colds and then up to the hot. It's baseball, man. It's crazy sport. Yeah, it's yeah, honestly it's the cruelest of sports <laughs> and the, the way that it can destroy players mentally is is really uh, something I've paid a lot of attention to in the last few years because it is absolutely relentless and ruthless. But you know, I was talking to Brandon Belt after the game yesterday, and I really liked what he said. And he's like, you know, when we're the goal is always to just force pitchers towards the middle, and that's when you do your damage. And you really saw the Blue Jays, by and large, do that against Jamison Tyon yesterday, and they did a lot of damage on pitchers in the middle. 
Um, you know, Vladdy, Vladdy ended up getting a couple hits on pitches on the edges, but most of the guys were doing their damage in the middle of the plate. And when they have sort of that determined one through nine approach, you, this lineup is it, it really tough. But they, it seems like they stray from that and they get away from their plan and start ending up chasing pitchers' pitches. And it's, look, it's really easy to say from, from our vantage point. It's obviously the, the quality of pitching that they've seen uh, and the quality of pitchers, uh, just the floor for pitching in Major League Baseball this days, these days is absolutely absurd. But this is a group that can, when they're really disciplined and really locked in on a plan, just be an absolute nightmare for teams. It's just they haven't displayed that consistently enough. And I think what's, what's really been a focal point for the Blue Jays is just what are you swinging at? And just make sure that you're swinging at the right pitches. That's the message that the coaching staff continues to hammer home the players, that the players themselves are talking about with one another. Just executing that in the moment has been a bit of a moving target. Uh, Shy uh, with Bo Bichette, you know he's he's been working out. He's got uh, was running the bases, taking ground balls yesterday. But Jordan Romano, he's coming back. He's going to join the team on Tuesday when they uh, in the opener against the Phillies. How does the uh, team going to approach the situation with Jordan Hicks and Jordan Romano? You got two top of the line closers here, and to help out the back end of the bullpen. How do you think the Jays will approach bringing Jordan Romano back? Obviously, that guy he's 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 had to play a lot of baseball this year, and obviously having Hicks helps him out. Uh, in that injury department, but how do you think they'll uh, dis- uh, deploy those two? Uh, probably with some cartwheels that having those two <laughs> options in the back end of the bullpen. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, look, I, what this allows them, like Jordan Romano is a closer, yeah. right? We're, we're not going to have any sort of debate about that. But what this allows them to do is that before Romano ended up going down, it was he had pitched four times in five days and had that a few times, a couple times a season, some threes and fours. They don't have to do that anymore. And now they can, say, have one group of relievers for one day, have one group of relievers for the other day. If there's a specific matchup that, for, that just makes a ton more sense, then they can go that route. They just have a flexibility that they haven't had before. And they don't have to push Jordan Romano. They don't have to push Eric Swanson mm-hmm. uh, or Tim Mazur and Jimmy Garcia quite in the way they had to beforehand. That that's important because not only are you helping preserve those guys, but you're also allowing them to pitch at their best a bit more often. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting a more, the most effective version uh, of them on the mound more often. So uh, the Blue Jays will now be able to really factor in the, the physical a little bit more and not just say, Hey, this is the guy I trust most and I'll take 80% of him versus hundred percent of somebody else. Now they can more often get 100% of Jordan Romano or 100% of Jordan Hicks or 100% of Swanson, Garcia, Mesa, mm-hmm. uh, whoever whoever it might be. Is this uh, are we going to be seeing Alec Manoa next uh, this year at all, or is he going to be in Buffalo for the duration? Great question. And initially, when he was sent down, there was the obvious pathway back. You know, they were desperate for him to get back. Mm-hmm. They only had the the four man rotation. It wasn't great. And the guy, it really took a toll on the, on the starters. And eventually they said, hey, we need this. Like, we can't do this anymore. We need the extra day here or there. Yeah. And so the difference now is we just have five. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. pitching well. Like, you look yep. at Hyunjin Ryu. Like, 
I, I would never have expected him to come back and just be himself again this fast. But, but there he is, just, just carving. <laughs> so, you know, unless something happens uh, with, with an injury yeah. or, you know, guys need a rest, you know, especially this stretch now, it's three off days and eight days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blue Jays are going to align. If you're a six-man rotation, you're looking at some guys pitching on seven, eight days rest, which is too much. Yeah. So uh, there's no clear pathway for him to get back. So Alec Manoa just has to pitch great, has to get himself right, has to be ready for an opportunity. Uh, at this point, uh, you know, at least based on what the Blue Jays have been saying, it doesn't sound like they want him to pitch out of the bullpen. And so it's a really tough spot for Alec because he's not a minor league pitcher, but this is a good rotation and this is this is cutthroat time. It's the end of the line. You're you're going with whoever you think is best, and, and right now he's not one of the top five for the Jays. Do you think it's just let let him let him handle August down in Buffalo and then maybe call him up when the rosters expand? You know, even if you're doing that, yeah. well, if you're calling out when rosters expand, if you're not starting, where are you going like, to use them? Yeah, where are you going to use them? Right. So, like, are, you're going to get more utility out of another bullpen. Yeah, arm. Exactly. Like Chad okay. Green. Chad Green is coming, and yeah. uh, you know, you you can never have enough leverage arms. And part of uh, signing Chad Green to to the deal the way that they did was to have him around for for this scenario. Yeah. So, uh, I would think that. That is going to be, you know, it, it's a tough spot. Unless the Blue Jays feel that they need a sixth starter, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's the pathway back. Shai Davidi joining us for just a few more minutes here. Uh, there was maybe like a stretch of an hour or a couple of hours where the Jays actually fell out of a wild card spot over the course of the weekend. Then Seattle lost a couple, and Toronto beat the Cubs, and they moved right back into that spot. But who behind the Jays kind of gives you maybe a. Uh, a moment of pause. Is it the Mariners only? Do the Red Sox and Yankees still get into this, even though the Yankees had that terrible blown lead yesterday? Um, how are you looking at the standings right now? I, I think all three clubs, the Blue Jays have to keep an eye on. And look, they still have some head to head. They have a lot of head to head with the Yankees. Uh, they still have another three game series against Boston uh, in September. So there's going to be opportunities for those clubs if they hang in long enough. And look, the Blue Jays on paper should be the best team of those. And the strength of schedule is a little bit similar, but the Blue Jays have a bit of a lighter sched than the Mariners do. But the Mariners do have uh, have some games against, uh, I believe against Oakland and Kansas City left, some of the weaker weaker clubs in in baseball. So they're obviously going to be a threat. They've, they've been playing tremendously well. Uh, but the Blue Jays have to look, keep an eye on everyone from behind. It's, mm-hmm. they, they've put themselves in a position where they control their own fate, but they are definitely not in cruise control. They, they can't let up at all. They understand that. Uh, it's not necessarily going to be a comfortable path into the playoffs. But, you know, it's interesting. You can also make the case that, the third wild card spot might be the one that you want uh, as opposed to the second or the first. The, the third spot right now gets is on track to end up in a series against the winner of the AL Central, while the other one you know, could get uh, either the Houston Astros or the Tampa Bay Rays. And, and who, wants, mm. uh, who wants a first-round series against one of those teams? So uh, it, it's going to be a really interesting playoff race. Uh, it's super exciting for baseball that – both of the races are so close. 
but yeah, the, the Blue Jays can't be comfortable or, or count on either one of those teams to, to just disappear and peel off. Shy, I uh, wanted to ask you something, and, and this goes back to the Jose Bautista conversation. We're asking our text line today at 960-960 what their most recent where were you sports moment is because for me, the Jose Bautista bat flip, I remember the stool at the dive bar that I was at. I remember exactly where I was when that happened. And I'm just wondering if there's anything for you, whether it's a team you were covering or a team that you're a fan of, if there's been a... Oh my goodness, I'm never going to forget where I was when this moment happened for you that you can uh, recall recently. Well, recently, uh, I don't know about recent ones. I think my number one is I was uh, at the uh, 2010 Olympics covering the gold medal hockey game from the Sidney Crosby Golden Goal. And that's my number one sports event I've ever had an opportunity to cover. Uh, Number two would be the Jose Batista Baslip. Uh, number three would be Game Six of the 2011 World Series, the, the David Freeze home run. Uh, but you know, more recent, I'm trying to think about some more recent ones. Uh, you know, I, I covered a bunch of gold medals at the, at the Canadian gold medals at the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang, and uh, those are always an incredible mm-hmm. privilege uh, and a sight to behold. So uh, I've, I've been really lucky, uh, but I, I think. You know, those moments that I mentioned, yeah, Edwin Encarnacion's walk-off in the wild card. Yeah. Uh, just, unbe- just unbelievable moments, like where you can literally feel the building shake without hyperbole. You know, those things, the you know, the charge when Sidney Crosby scored, scored that goal, especially contrasted against just the, the breathtaking silence when the Americans tied it up with, with 29 seconds left or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that was pretty electric, too. Yeah, that was the the other thing too here is that we're getting people who are in strange places for important moments and I'm getting a shocking amount of people that were in malls during big moments. But you would have been in the building for pretty much essentially all the ones you rattled off there, hey? Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been incredibly privileged uh over the course of my sports career, uh, sports journalism career to get to cover uh, some really incredible moments and uh, you know, the Vancouver Olympics really, as a three-week uh, period of time, that will always be a career highlight, you know, home country Olympics and, you know, Canada performing so well. There was such incredible energy around it, so much excitement about just sport in general. And just, uh, it was just an incredible, uh, incredible period of time. Um, thankful that I survived that those three weeks and I think I slept maybe 10 hours um, but yeah that one that one's awesome you know some of the baseball uh, that I mentioned uh, you know Carl still got a four, four home run game uh, you know there's a James Paxton no hitter Justin Verlander no hitter uh, those things are pretty special too so uh, I've gotten I've gotten to cover a lot of a lot of really cool sports do you like to take like a little keepsake from a game like that? Like, do you put your media pass away or something like that, or you just kind of throw it in the back of your memory and that'll do? No, it, for me, it's more the memories. I'm not mm-hmm. a huge nostalgia guy. Uh, you know, I do have a few things here and there, but I'm not like an avid collector. Um, I'm more of a try to. I'm more of an experience than an items guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting the, the privilege for me is getting to live it. Love it. Shai, this has been great today. Uh, enjoy the week. couple days off for you, hey? How are you going to spend those? 
Well, there's still work to be done on those yes. days, and uh, you know, the ba- baseball never rests, which is uh, <laughs> uh, both uh, both its beauty and its curse. Enjoy it, man. Thanks for spending some time today. Thank you, Shy. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. There you go. That's Shai Davidi, uh, brought to you by the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Joined us down the guest hotline, 15-time Consumer Choice Award winner, 6060 mm. Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup and delivery, call 403-248-3344. Good chat. Yeah, really good. Um, Some good moments there, too. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. when he just... I thought he was going to give us, like, one or two. And then he was yeah. like, well, the golden ghoul, and then the bat flip, and there was I've worked the all of them. walk-off. <laughs> And yes, I was in the building for every single yeah. one. That's a pretty good run. Yeah, I mean, like all, like generally, I like what I what I'm the type of guy with sports. I like to, especially if my team's in it, mm-hmm. I like to watch at home, usually alone. Not, I don't like to go out. I just don't like to be distracted in are, case it goes bad. Are you? Um, is your mood heavily impacted by the result of one of your favorite oh, teams? Oh God, yeah. yeah. I mean, not so, like. Yeah, no. Do your I, friends like being around you when your team loses? I mean, <laughs> I used to be a little like, little like uh, intense. It, it ruined my day if if if, if like it was a Packers loss or something. But now, like, I've just become more mm. realist realism with sports. You had I've a lot just, of good Sundays there for a while. Well, though. yeah, exactly. It's been it was like it was a good run there, and it's we're about to enter a, a little bit of a transition time here. But yeah. I'm excited for the future. Look good on there on Friday night. I don't know how many more, <laughs> how much prime time Green Bay Packers you we're going to be I getting. Think, I think we still have like four prime time games this year they still want america wants to see jordan love <laughs> do they <laughs> no it's not g it's the team no it, uh, no it's or, the history or is it who they're playing it's who they're playing probably i bet but, one uh, of, do the jets and packers play this year no they don't oh, they, they do not they will uh, aaron uh they played last year so i don't i i don't think aaron Rodgers will get to play against the packers sadly mm. because they it's a rotation every four years they played the jets last yeah. year so he'd have to play oh so he'd another, have to be there forever he'd have to play another four years with the jets and then only green bay could get to go out there so he could never the next time he's going to come to lambo is when he's getting number 12 mm. retired he did that on purpose Probably not, but hey, the, like we're not we're to send you a team we don't have to play for four years. <laughs> Easy to talk, Easy. a lot of crap about Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna have to see him for a while, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, awesome stuff. Oh, never mind. That's the Broncos. What am I doing? Getting them all confused. All good. Because the Broncos do play the Jets. They do season. week uh, four, four or five early, for, early on or something like that. They go to Denver, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that'll be fun. All right, Don. Uh, well, we're going to be giving away this prize pack around the corner. Yeah. Uh, it's the Shaw Charity Classic prize pack. It is valued at $3,000. Here's what you're going to get. You're going to get two honorary observer passes. You can redeem them for one of the Friday, Saturday, or Sunday rounds. This allows you to go inside the ropes mm-hmm. and follow along with the golfers. It's about as intimate as you can get to a professional sport. And- yeah, like I, I'm sorry. Just I know you're talking about the president. I don't think like I haven't seen all the Shout Charity lineups, mm. but this lineup they have this year might be one of the best that they've had. Like it's, it's like is, and the golfers love this tournament. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a destination stop yep. for them every single year on the Champions Tour, and um, yeah, they've they've got a great field mm-hmm. this year. It's outstanding. Uh, from John Daly to Mike Weir to VAC, David Duvall was announced over David the weekend. Duvall and Marco Mira and the list goes on. Who did we chat with on Friday? Uh, Stuart Sink. Stuart Sink, yeah, was great chat. Um, yeah, it's, it's Mike it's Weir's going to be on the station later this week with Pat yes, and Logan. Sure is. Yep. So there's the two honorary observer passes for mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Mm-hmm. You get to pick 
And there's also the Rogers VIP Skybox Pass, which A, it gets you into the clubhouse, which is kind of like an eating and drinking area. Um, and you can see, I believe it's a, it'll be the ninth hole, the par three from the balcony there pretty well, as well as the first tee box. And then you would also get passes to the Rogers Skybox, mm-hmm. which is going to be on the 18th green, right in the gallery. There. Yeah. So you can watch the guys on the Sunday come in, finish up their rounds, see who wins the whole darn thing. Uh, Jerry Kelly, defending champ from 2022, mm-hmm. uh, is also another returner. I believe there's five former champions that are returning this year. Nice. Um, but we're giving that away around the corner. And how you enter is you text in 960-960. Your most recent or your most prominent where were you sports moment. And if you were somewhere weird, you're getting <laughs> bonus marks. And like I said, there's a lot of people who were in malls during big sporting events. We got a vacation. Somebody was on vacation. I like the vacation beach. one yeah. a lot. I'm like, not yeah. going to lie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop looking at the text line, though. I'm going to let the guys in the other room figure it out. Get and him we'll in. go from there. Uh, Texty McTexterson joins us around the corner. We're going to give away a wicked prize pack. So make sure you keep it locked here. Uh, big show. Ruskin Rose. Sports on N60. The fan. Welcome back to the program. We are in the midst of our number two, the big show, Russick and Rose. Georgie will be back on Wednesday. Patty Dumas sits opposite me today. We got GVP and Azam in the other room running the show to date. Um, in mere moments, we're going to gather up all your texts and give away the Shot Charity Classic VIP giveaway. Valued at $3,000 honorary observer passes as well as VIP passes to go in the Rogers, excuse me, Rogers Skybox mm. on the 18th green down at lovely Canyon Meadows. The you best, ever played there? Best golfers from the Champions Yeah, Tour. you played yeah, there earlier this year. GVP That's and right. I went out and did the media day. That's right. A very wet back. and rainy day. It yeah, was man. quite damp. I almost murdered a man with sure, a snap sure hook. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Right off the hosel. <laughs> right as it was raining, fully slipped. My oh. whole right foot just... Oh, no. Like the driver. Oh, yeah. With the driver. Look out. And there was a par three, maybe like to a 20 degree to our left. Like it was a sharp angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just slipped. The driver slipped. My feet <laughs> slipped. Everything was a mess. And, Head uh, high missile. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it was probably a foot in front of a, a fine... Old man who listen. This could have stopped his heart the way that it, it was oh, yeah, you know, a little bit of velocity to it. Him. It might have just buried itself in his chest cavity. Um, but in the end, um, I made bogey on the hole because I had a nice rescue shot. I had a nice, Good. nice aisle. <laughs> Ripped a little hybrid out of the rough. A little chip on two putt, no problem. Nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we really enjoyed that day. And Kenny Meadows is probably going to be in incredible shape. Yep. GVP did the event last week. Yep. The, the glow in the dark shootout event. That was awesome. It did not last long, though. Yeah. No. GVP no. was bad. Got bounced in the first round. No good. No, they got a cool photo uh, I saw that you, you did there. Well. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. I saw the dueling piano guys. That's a pretty cool little yeah. shot they had there. Hey, at least you got the picture. They yeah. did that for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. You, I bet they did it for everybody. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Not just me. I'm not, not a big wheel or anything. <laughs> no. Medium wheel. Small wheel. Small Tiny. medium wheel. Tiny. More like, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were asking that. Wow, what the pink shirt though? Hey, yeah. who's this freaking? Yeah, guy? didn't you get a lot of chirps for looking like uh, Ken from Barbie? Yeah, yeah. 
That's oh, the blonde. That's oh, very good. Could look worse, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. What a terrible one to be called. It's so bad. At least it's not like Sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> Someone calls you Sloth from the Goonies. Sid from Ice like, Age. Maybe I'll just get... Oh, that, oh, that's rough. Oh, that's a bad one. Um, we're getting your text, 960960. Uh, the where were you sports moment and where were you for that sports moment? Uh, we're going to go through a few of them here in just mere moments and give away these passes for the Shot Charity Classic. But I did want to ask you, mm. because something broke while we were chatting with Shai Davidi. Yes. Um, David Krejci's going to retire from the NHL. Mm. He's not saying he's done with hockey because I wouldn't be shocked if he goes over and plays in Czechia yeah. like he had done for one year before coming back and joining the uh, Boston Bruins yep. for kind of the goodbye tour, and then they set a regular season record, and then they got bounced in the first round by the Florida Panthers. And now there's going to be a bonuses, cap hit on the Bruins moving forward. But Krejci has said, that's it. Uh, we did our last dance. We didn't push it totally over the line, but I don't know how much more I have to give. Mm-hmm. And now him and Patrice Bergeron are both hanging him up, and boy, does it look slim down the middle in Boston. Yeah, uh, it's really been... Last three decades, the the Bruins haven't had an issue there at number one center. They've mm-hmm. had a they've been able to circle and boom, they've got a guy there. Be it Nathan Horton, be it Patrice Bergeron, be whatever. This is a lot on Pavel Zaka. Obviously, I don't think they're going to be. We, we they still could make a move, obviously, but again, I think this team's pretty confident that they're like, hey, well, right now we're rolling with Pavel Zaka. I think they knew. Krejci wasn't going to be back. I think they kind of knew once Bergeron was like, okay, well, Krejci's not coming back either here. So it's going to be a tough time right now in Boston. We'll see. Like, I, I, I trust, like, we don't know. Pavel Zaka, good player. But can he be the the number one guy to lead a team? Well, when you go Zaka, Coyle, yeah. Morgan Geeky, and Patrick Brown down Woof. the middle, it's like, uh, it leaves a lot to be desired. And really, their bottom six is fine, but not great. There's some players I like in there, like Trent Frederick, but mm-hmm. they're going to be relying on their top six a lot, which their top six is taking a significant hit. They still have Marchand, and they still have Pasternak, but apart from that, and Debraska's still there, I guess, to a lesser extent, but apart from that, there's nobody here that really wows you. They got some veterans on the, you know, you know, trying to putt on 18 here, if you will. Their defense is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Their goaltending is great. But in what probably will be a very competitive Atlantic division, I don't know if you can go toe-to-toe with a team like the Leafs, who will go yep. Matthews and Tavares. Yep. Like some of the other teams in the Atlantic that are also you know, going to be pretty strong down the middle. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, who's going to be the top-line center for the Boston Bruins? And is it going to be the same person that we think it is? Is it really going to be Pavel Zaka? I mean, that makes it really it makes the most sense right now because you look at these other teams, man, and like it's there's not the same. Like what was the, what? What did they put point up total this year? Hmm? What was their point total this year? The Bruins, yeah, oh, hundred. I mean, they won like hundred and thirty sixty something? games. Yeah, so, and then some overtimes in there too. So they were outstanding. They were dominant. Like, where do you even start the benchmark? Is it over under 95 points for them? Like, the thing is here, though, I hate counting out the Boston Bruins because I feel like I've done it in years past. Primarily going into this season, I thought the Bruins were going to take a step back. Yeah, a lot of people did. And then they went out and 
we're the best team in the NHL in the regular season. So, yeah, but it's like it makes it a little tougher. again. You're you're down to massive parts to a team that was the most successful regular season team on the planet mm-hmm. ever to play in mm-hmm. the NHL. So, 135. Games. I kind of take back what I said about the centermen in the Atlantic Division. They're fine. Florida's good. They got Barkov. They got Bennett. Like Tampa can go Stamkos. Point. Point. Toronto uh, has Matthews and Tavares. But the Sens, they don't worry. Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo. Like, they all have one really good center. Buffalo has Tage, and Detroit has Dylan Larkin, and Montreal has Nick Suzuki, and the Senators have Josh Norris. But nobody else is entirely deep. Still, I would take all of those players over Pavel Zaka as my number one. But at the same time, you never know. Maybe they find someone to just kind of go in and be that middle cog between Marchand and Pasternak, and it just starts kind of just like forward. a like a road like a yeah, you fill know, in. yeah, just rotation type thing, like like just just a, a guys that can fill in by numbers type thing, just essentially to, to take over the Bergeron and Krejci gigs. That's what you're looking for yeah. right now. I don't know. I'm not confident in Boston this year. I I have no, I don't have a lot of confidence in them. I think they could probably still fight it out for one of them wild card spots and be one of the, like a six, seven, eight seed. Their type defense thing. and goalie, their goal D and goaltending is, is really good. Like that 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 will will help them a ton. And if if Allmark and Swayman can continue to do what they did last year, because that was historic, what they did. Like, are we thinking they're going to be sub two goals against again this year? We'll I see. doubt it. Yeah. That would be very impressive to do. Yeah. I also think Boston surprised some teams early on because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if people around the NHL thought the same way that we kind of are thinking here. But David Krejci hangs him up. 1,032 NHL games played, 786 points across those games, and all of them with the Boston Bruins. Would not be surprised if he heads back to Czechia and plays there again. But for now, uh, the NHL career is done for one Pavel Zaka. And uh, all the, or pardon me, David Krejci. And uh, all the best to him moving mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Always a fun player to watch. Um, okay, text line, questions. Uh, Texty McTexterson, we were asking you the where were you sports moment that uh, you can't forget, can't get it out of your head. You know exactly where you were. For me, it was the Jose Bautista bat flip. Mm-hmm. I can remember exactly where I was in a dumpy little dive bar just off the of cloud trail watching uh, Jose rip that thing and then throw the bat into the second row, essentially. Into the second bowl. <laughs> uh, let's get from let's get some from Texie McTexterson here. Chris in New Brighton, the Joe Carter home run. We were at the pool hall in Montreal. It was bittersweet because it was exciting and classic baseball, but it was Toronto. However, we were all excited for the exposed team that was coming. Little did we know, 1994 was one year away. Yeah, I mean. Eh. Conspiracy theories like, oh, Bud Seeley doesn't want Canada to win three straight World Series. Shut it down. The Expos were tied for the best record in baseball when they shut that that year down in 94. That was a good group, and they never, ever, ever, ever were able to hit those heights again. And then within a decade, they were gone. That, that 94 year will always hit hard in, in Montreal Expos. Like Jeff Blair would be a good guy to talk to. He covered the team during that time as well. But yeah, that that's tough. You like hanging out in pool halls? I mean, I don't think it's a thing in 2023. Oh that yeah, do? for sure. Really? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where is a pool hall? Uh, there's one on 17th Avenue. Is that one still pool? The one over that, by the Popeyes. By the Popeyes. Okay, I okay. Think. That's... It used to be there. I down in the basement. Been in a little while. 
Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was another one that I think is now gone, but it used to be right beside uh, what was Broken City, and now has a new name as well. There used to oh, be Modern one. Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there used to be yeah. one downstairs there. Beneath okay. the hookah bar, I think it was. Oh, okay. But I don't know if there's one there anymore. But um, when I went to Victoria a few years back for Rifflandia Music Festival, yeah. if we weren't at the festival grounds, at the pool hall. we were in the pool hall playing <laughs> pool. Love it. Uh, okay, let's get another one. Andrew in Hidden Valley, Crosby's Golden Goal, Joe's Food Emporium in Wolfville, Nova Scotia, university town full of university students. Amazing. Joe's? Joe's Food Emporium. <laughs> what a name. Is that is that a grocery store? Is that is that like a fun restaurant? Oh, if it is even exist anymore. <laughs> this looks to be yeah in Wolfville. Oh, okay. look at that, yeah, Wolfville. Wolfville, Nova Scotia. Yeah. My parents are heading there today. Actually, they're oh. doing a big trip. Gone for a month. Parents got to throw a rager. Am I right? Oh yeah. Just kidding. Uh, I'm sure they're listening. So, uh, just jokes, guys. This looks like a fi- a fine restaurant. A family run and operated since 1977. Well, you got to take a Main bit. Street in Nova Scotia. What a pull! This is exactly what I like to see out of a restaurant menu. You can tell it's very family oriented. This thing has never seen a chain in its life. The order online button is gigantic and red. Very nice. Love it. That'd be a good place to watch for sure. That reminds me of the dive bar that I was in. Yeah. Right on. All right, next one. Craig in Calgary. Hitman Game vs. Ottawa 67s in Memorial Game Final 1999. We lost 7-6 to six in OT. I was heartbroken sitting on my couch with my bro. I uh, went back and looked at the box score for this game. Mm-hmm. It is a classic junior game yep. where like a team would get a lead and then like 30 seconds later they would give up a goal. Like you can't carry any momentum no. in that day. It was like, yeah, no. you have a lot of goals, but oof, I, the, like that type of final, I have no time for. Yeah, the, and, <laughs> and there's just like mistakes that happen at that yeah. level of junior hockey. Yeah. Um, Pavel Brendel's probably like the most notable player from that game in particular. Yeah, uh, there were some notable players coming out of the queue that year, like Roberto Luongo played in the Memorial Cup, but not in the final mm-hmm. between Ottawa and uh, Calgary. Calgary. Ottawa was the host team that year, so that's how they got in. Mm-hmm. Brad Moran would have been like uh, one of the top guys that year as well mm-hmm. for the Hitmen. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the Hitmen were a good team that year. 51 and 13, eight ties, 110 points. Brad Stewart was on that team. Uh, yeah, Brendel had 134. Moran had 118 points. Uh, Brad Stewart, yes, he had 33 points and 30. He was acquired via trade uh, that year. Uh, Matt Kinch. That's a sad one, and all that they were was on their couch, so that's kind of unfortunate. All right, give us another one. Brad in Calgary, gonna take it the other way here. Huge Saints fan, the Minneapolis miracle. Mm -hmm. Saints down huge in that game, and Breeze picks them up and takes a lead into the last 10 seconds. Blew my voice out on the Saints' final drive. Stefan digs down the sideline with zeros left on the clock, and Williams' controller died, I guess. I was crushed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dig sideline touchdown. Yeah, that was a uh, was Vikings blew that one. Uh, I remember watching my dad being a Vikings fan, obviously watching that one. Uh, wasn't fun. Uh, no. And then right at the end there, and it's like, oh, yeah, let's hoof it up. Case Keenum, let's go. Um, yeah, no, that was a fun <laughs> game. Oh. The, the Vikings and Saints put, put together some, they've had some hell of, hella good battles mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Um, f- my most recent one would have been in the 2022 Super Bowl, um, Bengals and Rams. Mm. 
except that you never really felt like like it wasn't the same sense where it was like a totally shocking end. Like I almost yeah. I don't know that the Rams had to come back and win that game, but you almost felt like they were going to. Just needed to run that ball a little more. Yeah. <laughs> like it, 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 the game never felt safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was not great. Especially when Odell went down to start the second oh. half. You're like, oh, here we go. Let's go. It's Cincinnati's time. Yeah. Tough. Hopefully they can get back. They're the favorites this year to win the whole thing. Are they? No, I don't know if they are, but they are. I think they have the second best odds you? In, the, in the AFC. I think that's, they have the second best favorite, second really? best odds in the AFC. The second best odds in the entire AFC. Maybe Buffalo's a little bit better than them, but I think Kansas City's the favorite. I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati's second. Hmm. That feels like a very bold bet. I'm not going to lie. That they're that close. Like the thing is, they play in that very different, difficult conference too, mm-hmm. right? Division, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't find it right now. That's fine. Oh well. All right, give me another text. Harold in Calgary, Porto Valard on a beach. We convinced the management to bring TVs out to the beach bar to watch all the semis and finals of the hockey during the Vancouver Olympics. Margaritas at 5 a.m. Watch a key pass to Sid for the gold with my best friend, <laughs> surrounded by American fans. Classic. Yes. Yes! Yeah. Victory! Hey, well, that was in Puerto Vallarta as well? Mm. That's pretty impressive. I like that one a lot. I like that they made the uh, people take the TVs out to the pool. In Puerto Vallarta. Okay. Clubhouse leader. Give me another one. We got a few more. Josh in Ranchlands. I was with my girlfriend while she was getting a manicure and pedicure during Crosby's first Stanley Cup. Oh, wow. That's a good one. I was uh, now, Josh. Uh, I needed you to text in because you have a, do have a chance at this. Uh, are you a Penguins fan? That's what I need to know. Sorry, Patty. Go ahead. I remember that one. It was my last day of high school. Was the Crosby's first Stanley really? Cup? Really? Yeah. yeah. It was our last day of classes. Yeah. It was like June thirteenth, two thousand nine. Was that time? I guess. Hey, Crosby. Yeah, winning the first Stanley week. Cup, getting awarded right yeah. when school's getting out. Yep. Does it happen later now? It happens a lot later now. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Bye week's been added. Ah, <laughs> that's where it is. Plus yeah. the pandemic slowed yeah. everything down and all that jazz. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, if Josh sends us another text, guys, uh, I need you to let me know if he's a Penguins fan or not. Because if you went to watch your girlfriend get a Manny Petty while... Rather watching Game 7 of the Stanley Cup while Final. While your team was playing in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. What are you um, doing? And are you still with her? That's also an important question, I like, think. You gotta figure you're married by now. Yeah, like I I would hope so. Um <laughs> or is Josh like um I can't remember this is a deep cut, but do you remember that gentleman that we gave a prize to because he has to watch sports in his basement? Oh, the like, Blink One Eighty Two tickets. Yeah, we gave him yeah. Blink One Eighty Two tickets because he has Flames to like, games in his basement. Yeah, he has to watch Flames games Silent. in his basement with the sound off because his, his wife doesn't like how crazy he gets, or, or she goes to bed early, or something the like kids, that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that poor was guy. Fun. Poor guy. Uh, okay. Uh, anything else, guys? Do we, how many more do we have? Uh, I got two more. Okay, let's go quick. Chris Kensington in Calgary. Biggest moment was watching Team Canada win the hockey gold in 0-2 from a beach bar in the Dominican Republic. There's nothing like watching a girl in a bikini running around the pool with the Canadian flag after a goal. Now, there was a reference to Quick 6 in that text as well, wasn't there, the original one? Yes, there was. Yeah, you should have left that in. What did he say about Quick 6? He said, 
it was great watching the girl run around the pool with the Canadian flag, like watching Quick Six after a touchdown. Oh, hell yeah. We love watching Quick Six run. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mo- most he reason. said it was better than. Oh, better than. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to disagree. Sure. Yes. I'm not going to disagree no. on that. Yeah. It feels like, sure. Yeah. Chris from the Dominican. Oh, two. There's a couple of tough ones here. And frankly, I like both the vacation ones. Okay. Give us the last one. Roger in Calgary. I was in the Moscow Arena in September 1972 to witness oh. Paul Henderson score the winning goal with 34 seconds left to win the Summit Series. <laughs> I was only 14 years old. It will live with me forever. Yeah, I bet. Um, my goodness. 1972 Summit Series. 14 years old in Moscow. Red Army. I'm like very intrigued to see what Moscow is like. Not right now, but like what it used to be like. This just feels like a different place. Oh, yeah, it was very interesting. That's a good text, Roger. Uh, unfortunately, um, I'm weak to people who pander to the things that I enjoy, <laughs> such as warm vacations. Uh, cold who, Moscow. Who was the Port of Iarta text? What was his name? I believe that was Harold. Harold? Yeah, that checks out. I don't have a Harold written down here. All right, I got Harold or Chris. You guys have, there's three votes between you. Figure it out, Patty. Harold or Chris? Harold was in Port of Vallarta. He had them pull out the TVs and watch them as they beat the Americans with Americans there. And then Chris uh, compared the Canadian fan running around the pool with the flag to quick six after a touchdown at McMahon Stadium. Uh, I'm going to say Harold. I think getting those TVs out in a place that are like, what is hockey? Harold got one. And then, yeah, okay, Harold. Other side? Uh, I'm going to put this on a ZOM. I'm going to take the quick six text. Uh, That'd be good for you. Nice bailout. I had a feeling you were going to do that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw you under the bus yep. and uh, make you choose a tiebreaker. Okay, go ahead. I'm going with GP on this. I'm going with Chris. Okay, Chris and the Dominican. I uh, congratulations, bud. Uh, hopefully, you are not in the Dominican this weekend because instead you're going to the Shaw Charity Classic. We got a great little prize pack for you. Uh, honorary observer passes. We also have. Roger Skybox pass Skybox passes. It's going to be a great weekend there. Um, we've mentioned it many, many times. This prize package is worth three thousand dollars, but you can also get into the Shot Charity Classic for twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. And kids under twelve are free. Oh, look at that! So it's a great opportunity to go and see some of the best players who have ever played the sport. There's a ton of major winners. There's mm-hmm. a ton of ton of past Shot Charity Classic winners that are going to be there. Um, go check it out. It is a great tournament. It's a ton of fun to go down and, and just see these guys play. Uh, we'll take a break around the corner. JD Justin Dunk. Crazy, weird week in the CFL. Always is. <laughs> Damn straight. We'll dive into it around the corner. Sports at 960 The Fan.